Well, if there's one thing you need in life, it's grace. Uh, there are some flyers on the back back there uh, for our revival starting tomorrow. So if you want to pick some up and hand them out, that would be a blessing. Uh, if you have anybody's asking, just uh, shoot and take a picture and send it to them. Uh, take your Bibles. Uh, go to 1 Samuel. I preached on uh, Hannah before. I'll preach on her again. Uh, it's an amazing every time you go through your Bible and you look for somebody. God gives you story after story after story. Uh, to show you uh, what, it's a Mother's Day, happy Mother's, a godly woman. Godly women sometimes are mis, misunderstood. Uh, people don't understand what a godly woman is. Uh, they may think it is. So uh, y'all just stay seated. I'm, I'm, I'm just warming up. <laughs> I, don't want you to, I don't want to wear you out too early in the message. Uh, Proverbs 14.1 is the, is the verse. I can tell you what, if you stand up, go to Proverbs 14.1. I know you're dying to stand up, so I'm going to help you here. We'll read this verse, be done, and then you can sit back down. How about that? Proverbs 14.1. Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Lord, thank you for everybody coming out to church. Lord, thank you for a day, Lord, that we can talk about mothers, Lord, but it's all about uh, us in, in general, Lord, the whole thing is. Uh, Father, it's not about just mothers, it's about fathers, it's about kids. Lord, it's about you. Uh, Lord, thank you for what you did for us. Thank you for the grace that you give us to get through the trials and tribulations that we go through life. Uh, Lord, you never had, told us that they weren't going to be there. You just said you'd help us get through them. Lord, I want to thank you for that today. Uh, bless the morning message, Father, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the, the Bible is the strangest book you ever read in your life. It's just a book of stories. You can take them out here. I've heard people before say, well, I don't ever get anything out of them. You're not reading it. Uh, you're trying to come to this like you don't want to get nothing out of it. You don't want to change. you got to change. Uh, God's a change agent. You have to change. It's, uh, you will change one day. Whether you want to or not, you are going to change. Guess what? One day you will die. And when you die, you say, that's not a very way to start, nice way to start off Mother's Day. Uh, you will die, and you will, they will bury you in a casket. And, I'll, and please give me something good to say about you before you die. Uh, it makes it very hard for me to do a funeral when I look down at the body, and I'm like... I can't remember anything they ever did. But if you did something good, like George, I got a lot of stuff to say about George. I could probably go, Mike, I got some things, man. But give me some things to say that would make it pleasant. Uh, but every wise woman, uh, Solomon says that Solomon had a good mother. His mother was Bathsheba. He knew exactly who she was. Every wise woman buildeth her house. Bathsheba built her house. But the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. That means that sometimes women just, they care about nothing but themselves. And they get married, they have kids, they do whatever. But guys, it's the same way with you. You think the same way. You think it's all about you. It's not about you. It's about, really, it's about God. It's about our Lord. And, and one day you'll get to the place in your life where he allows things in your life to break you to a point where he gets you. That's what he's doing to Hannah. When the Lord spends time talking about a woman in length, he's trying to show us something. There's a, there's a ton of women in your Bible that he spends time talking about. Uh, the, the lady who had the issue of blood 12 years, he talked about her. Dorcas, he talked about her. I mean, you go down through there, he talks about these women all over the place. And he mentions them and he talks about them because there's some characteristics in their lives that he wants you to see to get or get out of your life. Uh, there's a way to get him to inject himself into your path to show you the directions that you need to travel. You say, well, I can't get a hold of God. You're not trying. He wants to be part of your life. You're not trying. You're trying everything but that. You're, I said it during Sunday school. You're, you're trying to get your family. And sometimes you just can't get your family. You can't. It won't work. It just doesn't work. You need to accept that. Sometimes it just doesn't work. And you say, well, I'm a failure. You're not a failure. They don't want him. Did you want him? If the answer hopefully is yes. If you did, you went after him. If you didn't, then you don't want him either. But I'm sitting here going, okay, Lord, what is it? But too, all too often, we will not endure until the, uh, to the, we find out what the end is. You won't endure to the end. Uh, you got to go through this thing called life. And along life's progress, as you progress through it, he starts showing you some things. 
And he'll start running you through. And he looks at you and he says, you got this. It's like the potter on the wheel. He throws his hunk of clay on the wheel. I never was a good, I never was good at art at all, Harley. And you throw it on the wheel and you bring it up and it cracks. And that's what me, I did that all the time. You throw it back down, you crush it down and smash it all back down. You got to get the, all, the, all the stuff out of it. You make your own clay and then you bring it back up. And, a, and the potter himself knows what he's doing. And he sees the deficiencies or the, 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 the part that is bad. And he knows the frailties of a pot when he brings it up. He knows what the vessel can take and what it can't take. And what he does is he does to you what he needs to do to get out of you what you need to get out. And sometimes we fold and we, we see that and we just quit. There's some things in life you can do absolutely nothing about. It's called sin. Not because you sin, it's just what has happened because of sin. There's people all over this world that's got medical issues because of sin. Nothing they did is just there. They got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. You know what you do? You deal with it. I was talking to a brother, a friend of mine, and he's got some issues going on. And we were sitting there talking. He says, yeah, Mike, I've got to deal with this the rest of my life. As it is, it's not going to change. So many times we think, oh, it's going to. No, it's not going to change. Sometimes you just got to do stuff. The Lord spends time talking about, I'm going to talk about jail. Jail was back in the book of Judges. Just a lady living in a tent. The Lord said, hey, you know, his, his sister, he comes up against uh, uh, Deborah tells uh, the king there, uh, the guy to go out and fight, the judge to go out and fight her and fight him. And he goes, oh, only if you go. He's a coward. He's a coward. He should have went out by himself. But he had to have Deborah with him. Uh, Deborah says, well, we're, I'm going to go out, but, but you're not going to get the glory. Uh, it's going to go to a woman. So out in the middle of this wilderness, is a, the battle goes and, the, and everything falls apart. And, and Sisera heads off out of Dodge and he comes up to this tent of this lady named Jael. And she says, oh, come in. Oh, great king, come in. And, oh, lay your head right here. Let me give you some butter. And he goes to sleep, and she drives a nail through his head. You say, well, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Guys, you better watch out. They aren't what you think they are. <laughs> At a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, they can change just like that, man. And you'll be sleeping. You think you can go to sleep in your house, a frying pan be hitting you on the head. You got to watch them, ladies, man. They are sweet. But they, they just look all sweet. I mean, she obviously looks sweet. Oh, come in. Oh, I can trust her. Yeah, right. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're, you're nailed to the ground. Uh, Naomi and Ruth, I've talked about Naomi and Ruth so many times. I mean, both of those ladies, they came back and did what they were supposed to do. Uh, the sweet ladies, Naomi, Naomi went through trials in her life, lost her husband, lost her two sons. Everything that she could have had in life was just uh, dissipated right in front of her. She's seen this thing fall apart, and she was like, what do I do? And the Lord said, go home. And in the process, she takes a young lady named Ruth with her, her daughter-in-law. And that right there all of a sudden brings God back into the picture. You know, sometimes God does some of the strangest things to get his will done. And he does stuff to us to get it done. Boy, I'm sure glad that neither one of those two ladies quit. Ruth wanted, uh, Naomi wanted to quit. Boy, what a blessing was that Ruth come up and encouraged her enough to keep her going on her feet for just a little bit longer till God could do something and show Naomi that he wasn't done with her yet. You can't, you see, we, we see, we look at a moment of time in our lives or something and we never realize that I still got time to change some things. You know what Mother's Day is? I've had a, well, I had one guy say, well, I'm not, he, he, he complained about Mother's Day's messages because he's not married. You're like, why would you do that? He goes, because I'll never get married and I'll never have kids. And, and all it is is about mothers and families. Well, then you missed the whole thing. You can change anytime you want to. Go adopt somebody. No, don't. <laughs> I did like it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> then you got somebody like Jezebel. Now, I'm going to take you from one extreme to the other. Ladies, you don't want to be anything like Jezebel. She was, she was just a... Uh, I mean, a flirtatious, obnoxious, uh, she wanted it her way. That's the typical female out there today. Typical guy, too. That's what they want. Uh, it's, it's both sides. This is not just about mothers, by the way. It's about all of us. But we're going to focus on the ladies because they're all the problem. But, but you sit there and <laughs> Jezebel, man. I like, I like Jehu, man. He said, who up there is on my side? Cast her out. And then he stomps all over at the end uh, with his horse. And when he gets done, I mean, it's just blood all over the happy Mother's Day. But blood all over the place and Jezebel's and a dog's eater. Is that the way you want to end up? No, it isn't. That's not the way the story ends up. This story ends up really good. Then you got Delilah. You know what Jezebel and Delilah both did? Con men that was in positions to do something for God. They both did the exact same thing. Samson was a sucker. 
Samson had, you know, he was like the Hulk. He was like these guys, everybody goes to the gym to be like this. They look in the mirrors. I'll never do that. I don't want to look in the mirror. I see myself in the <laughs> you, People say, well, the only reason you say that is you couldn't do it. I don't want to do it. I don't know what it takes to do that. I, I used to bowl. I use that for everything, man. I mean, I know what it takes to bowl a 200 game. I know what it takes to get muscles like that. I ain't got the time. I know what it takes to fly an airplane. I don't want to, I want to fly an airplane. I ain't got the time. I know what it takes to do all that stuff. I bowled. And it takes months and years to learn how to get that ball to go down an alley and get a strike. That's what it takes. And golf, same thing. I think golf is... It got issues. I think golfers got issues. Uh, I've never seen anybody throw their bowling bag in the dumpster. I've seen people throw golf clubs in the lake. Down south, you do that. You don't go in to get them because the gators in there, they'll eat you. But... But you got Delilah. I mean, she sits there and she lies. And, and I mean, here's Samson and she lies to him five or six times. Oh, you don't love me. You don't love me because you won't tell me everything. Guys, you don't have to tell them everything. Ever. It's, they're going to they're gonna drive a stake through your head is what they're going to do. Anybody who's that inquisitive about your life, they, I don't care how long you've known them. Beth will call me up. What are you doing? It's none of your business. I'm driving down the road. Did you stop at McDonald's? Did you get a large fry or small? I didn't get anything. Shut up. I'll hang up on her. <laughs> I mean, any, I can't even believe it sometimes. I, I, this has actually happened more than once. I, get, I go to McDonald's. I sneak into McDonald's. I use my debit card and give it to the lady. And before I get out of the parking lot, she's calling me, asking me. Like, I cannot believe you sit at this computer all day. It must sit over there and go, bing! <laughs> Then she runs over because she's doing stuff all over the house all day long. And she goes over and answers it. Or she has her phone attached to it. These things are the devil, by the way. But she, uh, something somewhere because she's actually called me and said, what are you doing? What would you get? How much did you get? Did you get one or two? I, I try to say, well, I got a hamburger. How many? It's like, can you not trust me? She's not like Delilah though, or Jezebel. She's, she's, she's my everything. She's, she is. She's the mother of my five kids, man. She's a good woman. You know why? You know, Beth is not perfect by any means, shape, form, or fashion. Uh, she is for me. Uh, she is in the world. She would think that she's not this, but she is for me. Uh, I prayed for this, and that's what the Lord gave me, and I didn't expect what I got, and I'm sure glad he gave me what he got, and he had mercy and grace with me and loved me enough that he chose a woman on this planet somewhere and then directed my path to that lady. That's what I think. I always looked at Beth like a lady when I seen her. She acted, dressed, looked like a lady. Why the lady? Why do y'all want to look like men? I don't like ladies that look like men. I don't look at men. I could care less about men. I have no idea, no desire to look at a man. You know, a lady walks down the street that looks like a lady will catch my eye. It's not that I want her. I'm like, that's pretty. It's just like looking at a sunset or looking at the stars in the sky or looking at, at the Big Dipper or something. I mean, but it's just, it's, it's a sight to behold. It's a beautiful thing. God makes beautiful things. You ever look at a tree or a flower? Yeah. But I tell you, something that don't look like that, just it looks like it ought to be cut down. I put new lawnmower blades on the lawnmower, church's lawnmower. Because the old ones, uh, them little dandelion things, it would take the tops off of them, but they'd leave the dandelion. And boy, now I just wax them all down. You don't like stuff sitting out there that just don't look good. Jezebel and Delilah never looked good. You know, Timothy, now back to some good stuff. Timothy had a mother and grandmother that loved him. Paul even mentioned that in the Bible. He says, he said, over in 1 Timothy, it says, And when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. You know why it was in him? Moms, I'm telling you, it won't be in your kids unless it's in you. You can get rid of your kids. You can send them anywhere you want. You can do whatever you want. They won't be in them unless it's in you. If it is, it's going to be an act of God. That wasn't in my mom and dad, but it got into me. How did it get into me? It was an act of God. Don't wait for the act of God to get the thing to happen. He goes, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois. So it wasn't just Lois. Now you see, here's a lot of people hating Mother's Day messages because they, quit it. You always have a chance to correct things. You got the rest of your life, however long that is, to correct something. You got the rest of your life to help somebody else correct theirs. 
It's not about us. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about him getting the glory. He said, Grandmother Lois, he named her and thy mother Eunice. Paul knew both of these ladies. And both of these ladies had a testimony of Jesus Christ in their lives. Were they perfect? Of course not. Timothy, Timothy came out of that. You know what Timothy did? He said, my son Timothy. Timothy was a preacher boy. You know what those two ladies did? They raised a preacher boy. And I'm persuaded in thee also. What was it about Hannah? Hannah, Hannah, now go back to Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 1. And I'll spend just a couple minutes. And you already know the story, so I can buzz through it most of the time. Pretty easy. This is Mother's Day's message. Hannah was a sweet girl. I mean, just as nice as she could be, but she had a problem. She was barren. And let me get my myself. I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I'm not looking at my paper. If I do, my mind shifts off into about four. If you looked at my garage, my mind is like my garage. A mess. I need something to keep it on track. If I, if I, if I married somebody or, or wanted somebody, uh, I looked at my Bible and I looked at the girls in the Bible. That's what I wanted was a, a girl like Hannah. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted a girl who, who loved the Lord and would go through some stuff in life and trials and tribulations and know how to deal with them and not just crumple at, at the first sign of trouble. Uh, but try to figure out. And, and I don't expect a woman to stand up and be a man. The man should do that. Men, husbands, if you want a wife, you need to be the man. You need to know what's right. You need to know how to direct your family. You need to do what is, is needed to be done. You need to learn, number one, how to follow God yourself so that you can direct your family yourself. It's not my job to direct your family. never was. I'm learning that, man. I'm, I'm, you think it's 65 years old. I should have started this back when I was 30. Then I would, by now, maybe I'd know some things. But it's not my job to direct your family. I can only tell you what the Bible says the best I can. It's your job to direct your family. It's yours. And it, guess what? It's your job. If it succeeds or fails, it's, it lies with you. Nobody else. I've heard people, well, it, so-and-so. Now, there ain't no so-and-so in this anywhere. It's God, the husband, and the wife. And you all got a, you got a, a good problem. Every wise woman. Are you wise today? Ladies, are you wise? This is a man talking. The, smart, the wisest man ever lived. Every wise woman buildeth her house. Are you building your house or are you destroying it? Samuel gives a, is the greatest prophet in your Bible outside of Jesus Christ is Samuel. He's the greatest man that God put in your Bible, I, I think, that, and I've heard other men say greater than me, say the same thing. Uh, Samuel did some things that nobody else could do. Samuel was a product of a praying mom. That's how Samuel came into being. Ladies, don't ever think your prayers go unheard. Some of the greatest men on the face of this planet, I read about Adolf Hitler's mom. And I thought she'd be some just terrible lady, and she really didn't sound that bad. Uh, she was Roman Catholic, which is, there's a problem. Uh, the Catholic Church hates the Jews. Uh, but in any case, that's, that was the problem. Uh, she was born and raised Roman Catholic. She married and uh, had Adolf. Uh, she lost probably four, four kids out of six, I think, died. Uh, Adolf lived. He should have been the one that died instead of the other ones, but that's okay. Uh, Adolf Hitler lived and turned out to be one of the worst men that ever lived on this planet. And the mom never, you see, there's no, it didn't look in there anywhere where it looked like she did anything that would cause that. How many other millions and millions of, of kids are born to Catholic ladies or, or some Mormon ladies or, or Baptist women? Don't go out and do that. But this one did. Hannah had a desire. A desire is a strong wish or passion for something. 1 Samuel 1.1. 1, 1. Now there, there was a certain man of Ramoth, uh, Ramoth Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of uh, Jerome. The son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, uh, the son of Zerph, an Ephraimite, Ephrathite, thank you, excuse me. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah. He put her first. And the name of the other was Paniah. And Paniah had children, but Hannah had no children. The first time desire shows up in your Bible is Eve seeing a desire. She had a desire for a piece of fruit. 
The second time desire shows up in your Bible, it shows up with the Lord telling her, your desire will be to your husband. It also shows up a couple other times, a whole bunch of times actually. In Hebrews 11.6 it says, but now they desire a better thing. He's talking about the, the he says, without faith it's impossible to please them. And he starts out with Adam and all the way down to uh, all the saints and everything else. And he sits there and he says, they desired a better place. What is your desire today? You know what Hannah's desire was? To have a kid. All she wanted to do is have a child and be like the Lord and be like what she was supposed to. Women, you're made to have kids. Your function in this world is to have kids. It is not, I'm sorry to say, it is not to be the vice president of some company. That may happen. If you are the vice president of some company, you should have kids too. And your husband shouldn't be the one that is taking care of the kids. You should figure out how to do it. In the beginning, God made a woman. And she had kids. And she had to figure the thing out. And it started out there. I, I, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, Beth said she couldn't do it either. Guess what? I had to step in a couple times and help her. I had to. She goes, I can't. I, I remember when she had Andrew. And she just lost it, man. I come home and she's just, she's in a billion, I mean, she's just shredded. And I'm sitting there going, oh, God, what do I do? Called the Lalachi lady. Lalachi. Whatever her name is, man. The whatever, that lady. I said, Beth, who is that lady? She knew the phone number. She, she calmed down. That's all I had to do was just get her to calm down enough to pick a phone up and dial a number. She dialed the number. I didn't even dial the number. I just said, man, they maybe sit in this class and we had to breathe. <laughs> I'm like, what is this stupid breathe? I ain't going to breathe like that. I don't breathe like that anywhere. And, and, and she didn't let me breathe like that when she was having babies, man. She told you, I couldn't even breathe. I couldn't do nothing. Uh, I had to shut up. I had to go hide in the corner somewhere. I mean, it was terrible. But she called this lady up, and in seconds, man, she's, she's right back into normal. She's normal again. Well, she's Beth again. <laughs> Brother, I'm telling you, you know what our problem is? Sometimes, guys, all you had to do is be the man for her when she needs you. Amen. That's it. She's waiting for you to be the man. That's all she, you know what most women are looking for is a man. You don't have to be no rocket scientist. She's looking for a man. Somebody that can stand up and help her go through life with her Lord. You know, as most of us, we don't even know who the Lord is. And we can't help him. Hannah, her desire, I mean, she's got a strong passion for this thing. A strong wish for something. She wants a child. And he had two wives. The one was named Hannah. And the name of the other was Paniah. And Paniah had children, but Hannah had none. It was sad. I mean, I, I can't imagine that. I sometimes wish we didn't have any. I mean, Dad, you got this. Dad, you got that. Dad, you got this. Dad, you got this. Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I'm like, oh, man. I want to wait till I get old and gray and say, hey, can you do this? No. Rich is a good brother, man. His dad comes over all the time. Rich, come here and do that. And he goes, does it, man. That's a good son. Rich, y'all need to watch Rich and do what he does uh, and take care of your dad. <laughs> Forget Mother's Day, man. There should be two Father's Day for every Mother's Day. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> As much as we had to take. Hannah wanted more than anything else was to fulfill the main purpose which she knew that God had created her for is to be a mother. Ladies, you can be anything in the world. I'm not telling you you can't be nothing. I'm not telling you to go to college. I'm not telling you any of that stuff. You do whatever God tells you to do. Your main function is to be a mother. Here is a lady that that's all she wanted to do and couldn't do it. You ought to thank God if you got kids. You ought to thank God if you don't. You know, it's the Lord's will what he does with our lives and not ours. And whatever he allows, and when the sooner you get to the place where you realize God may or may not do for you, so many times we think we know what we need and we have no clue. If you if, come and make me a son, a little bitty one, that big around. I just want a son. If you could teach me how to make a son, I could take all these light bulbs out. As a matter of fact, I could take these up and they wouldn't flash no more. I could put little sons in there and never have a problem ever again. But you know, not a person on this planet can do that. They can only theorize on how they think it happens. But God does. You, so you got to get to the place where God does it, not us. God, God set me in a place. Boy, I wish I was a great preacher. And got to preach to millions. In an auditorium where they're just everywhere. The Lord said, that ain't going to happen. I'm like, yeah, I know. You know what? i got to come to the realization that I'm a moron. 
and that he'll never do it. Or maybe he just never was going to do that in my life anyways, that I just made that up. And I started thinking, well, maybe this or maybe that. Maybe That's all maybes. You know what real is? Reality is is what is right in front of me right now. Mothers, if you've got some kids, there's, there's what life is about right there. Because that's going to go away quick. That, all, that, all that's going to go away quick. Then kids are going to grow up, and pretty soon you're going to be back on your own again, alone. And if you're not happy before you got married, before you start having kids, you're not going to be happy after they leave. Well, I don't know. You might be. <laughs> what Hannah wanted, she wanted that. The marks of a correct desire, 1 Samuel 5. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. That's her husband. But the Lord had shut her womb. And her adversary. You know how you know if you're in the Lord's will? The devil's always going to be coming out. See, if you were right, you would have this. If you were this, you would have that. Hannah, poor Hannah, I, I could just imagine her sitting back there. One in a child, and Peniel has babies and kids. And, oh, look at me, look at me, I got them. You know, it's like, uh, it's like uh, Rachel and Leah. And, I mean, they're just vying for Jacob's attention, and that's what's happening here. She, they're doing it. But she's coming at her uh, just mean. Hannah, Hannah, her desire was to have what God wanted her to have. She was praying the whole time. She never quit. Hannah's duty, you know what her duty was? Something one must do because of prior agreements. She had to take care, she had to keep her relationship with God right. Although she didn't get what she thought she should have or she should be, she couldn't be what she wanted to be as a mother, she still kept God. And 1 Samuel 7, 1, 7 says, and as he did so year by year, year by year, by year, by year, by year, they went up and made offerings to God in Shiloh. Hannah went right up there with him. And year by year by year, she prayed. Year, I bet she prayed the whole time she was at the house and never got an answer, but she just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it until she got serious. Most of the time, ladies, I'm going to tell you, until you get serious, God is going to hold back on you until you get serious. When you get serious, you know what the marks of a great woman is? Fanny Crosby probably, I use her all the time, 9,000 hymns. We sing them all the time in our hymn book. Lost her sight at six weeks old, I believe. Never got to see her whole life. I don't know whether she ever got married and had kids. I'm not sure. I never really looked at her life story that much. Never mentioned it. I've never heard anywhere that she did. But you know what she did? She just came and settled in her heart that this is what God has for me in my life. Had to have been led around her whole life by somebody else. And all she got to do was write 9,000 hymns to bless the church. Sometimes God has to run people through stuff for other people. And it's not just for others, it's for them too. I bet she got a blessing every time she wrote a song. I remember talking to Gary Duty and I asked him one time, I said, brother, how do you get these songs? He goes, Mike, it just hits me. I said, does it hurt? No, it doesn't hurt. Just all of a sudden I'll be sitting in the crowd preaching. Somebody will be preaching and a song will come into my head. I was sitting over at Charity one day and, and uh, they, uh, Harry Nix preached a message. And Gary Duty wrote a song on that message. And I was sitting there going, I can't believe it, man. I was sitting in the auditorium when that guy preached that message. And this, he said, brother, it hit me just like that. And pretty much the music is right there with it. I hate people like that. I mean, it's like they, I mean, I look at that and I'm like, is that a piano or the organ? Or is that the organ or the piano? I think, I know that's not the piano. That's, that's me. But man, some of these people, they just come up and play everything like it's nothing. And you just want to throw up on them. Hannah's duty was to serve God first. First Samuel 1, 7, a year after year after year. And then next was her husband. She kept her priorities, her, her duties in order. She knew exactly what... Even though I didn't get what I want, I still have to do what I got to do. I have to take care of things. I have to take care of it. I can't let it fall. I can't let it. And then her home. She took care of her home. You say, well, she didn't have no kids. Yeah, but she had a husband. Why? Her husband loved her. He, he told her, he said, then Elkanah said to her, uh, her husband, uh, then said Elkanah, her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? Well, she didn't have any kids. And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? A man can't understand why, what goes on in a woman. Don't even try to do it, guys. It just won't happen. It never will. Uh, you can't see it. We think everything is financial or this or that. The other women are totally different. I'm not even going to try to explain a woman to you because I can't figure it out. I can't figure Beth out. I never will. I done gave up on it. Uh, she, she said something to me the other, yesterday, and she said, uh, are you going to be able to put up with me for a week? 
I said, I put up with you for 33 years. Surely I can put up with you for a week. People don't get it. They don't get it. I, don't, I, I have no idea. You don't have to let her drive because she can't ride with me. Now, some of y'all have ridden with me, and you know I'm not that bad. I mean, some of you probably won't ride with me again, but, but, but some of you have ridden with me, and I'm not like that, but she thinks I'm going to kill her every single time we drive. The only way I can get her to ever go anywhere with me is to promise her that she can drive. And then there's a caveat to that. If we rent a car, I have to put it in her name because she can be the only one that drives it. <laughs> you know what that is? That's understanding some things about a woman. And that's about as far as you go. But God gives you that. It's a gift. Whether you believe it or not, it really is. I think Beth is a gift to me. Hannah knew her duties. When I, when I think of this, when I read this passage here, I'm, I think of Beth. Then said Elkanah to her husband, why weepest thou? At the very end that he says, am I not better to thee than ten sons? I said, Beth, am I not better than ten? She goes, yes, but I still want my ten. I want my five. I said, okay, I got it. There's a thing about a woman and, and her nurturing of her children that is just, it's of God. It's, it's something that needs to be done. You say, well, I don't have that. You better figure out how to get it. That's what you are, ladies. I don't want to, well, you better figure out how to get it. That's what God said you're made for. That's what Hannah, you want a perfect example? Here's a story. Here's a lady right here. Hannah's devotion. You say, well, how could you be devoted? Even in the t trouble that she's with and all the adversaries she has and, and not having kids and having to do all this, she's devoted. If your duty is right, if your desire is right, then your duties are clear. Now, I want to start this. I want to back up just a hair. Everything that Hannah did falls into a pattern. Click, 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 click. If you get out here somewhere and try to do something and you haven't followed the pattern, it'll fall apart. Check your desire. What's your desire? Hannah's desire was to have a kid. She wanted a son. She wanted a child. She would have taken a girl or a boy, either one. She, she wants a, a child. That's her desire. Her desire is to do what God said. Then she had a duty. If your desire is right, your duty will fall into place. If your desire is wrong, you will start doing the wrong things. Hannah was doing the right things, taking care of making sure that the relationship with her and God was, was okay year-round. She knew that. I, I love it. My, I talk about my wife all the time, but she is. Beth, Beth will read her Bible all the time. She'll get up in the morning, and she'll go read her Bible. If she doesn't, she'll catch up the next day. But usually every morning she gets up and reads her Bible. Ladies, do you do that? I'm not trying to say you need to be like Beth. I'm just telling you that's what you need to do. You need to say, I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to let nothing stop me. You have to do it. You have to do it. She took care of her husband. Her husband knew it. He says, am I not better? Yes, I'm better than you than ten sons. And Hannah said, yes, you are, but I still want a son. And she took care of her home. Even though she didn't have kids, she took care of her husband. Hannah's devotion. She's devoted in prayer. That's where she is. If your desire is right, your duties will be right, then your devotions will be right. You start messing with that stuff, and you don't do it in the right order, you're going to mess the whole thing up. And then you're going to start praying for something out here that you may or may not ever get. You know what? Hannah prayed for what God made her for. She knew exactly what she was created for, and she couldn't do it. That's what she was praying for. First Samuel 1 Samuel 1.9 said, Hannah rose up after she had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat on the seat. You know what? Here, this is another thing that makes me sick about people sometimes, even myself. Well, I ain't going to that church because that guy's, Eli and his half down Phineas were a mess. You know where they went every year? Shallow. They didn't care. They went where God was. Did God not know that Eli had a problem? Yeah, he tells him he had a problem. Did God not know that Eli knew that Hophni and Phinehas had a problem? Yes, God did. God don't need us to tell him where the problems are. He already knows where they're at. Every man in the Bible, kids were messed up. Samuel's kids were messed up. David's kids were messed up. I don't care. Pick one. It doesn't matter. Saul, Saul had a good one. Jonathan, <laughs> kind of weird, but hey, it worked. When you sit here and look at it, God knows all that stuff. What he's looking for is faithfulness. You know what Hannah was? She was faithful. She could have said, I ain't going to church today because I just don't feel like it, Elkanah, because, you know, I, you know, I've been praying all year and hadn't got one. I just don't feel like going today, so you can go up there by yourself. No, Hannah was the first one in the wagon. 
She was going up to the temple. She was going to go to Shiloh. That's where she was going to go every year, year after year after year. She, her duties were always there. Her devotion was right. And it came to pass, verse 12, as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. You know, there'll come a day when God will get, get it if your desire is right. But what you'll have to do is you'll have to get to a place where God, God's not going to let you out of the cooker till you're done. I wanted to join the Navy when I was 12 years old. The Lord said no. If, if, if I had to mess that finger up, I would have joined the Navy when I was 17. And the Lord said no. So he messes my finger up at 16 where I couldn't get in. You said, what is that? Well, I still tried uh, everything I could to get in. I couldn't. I tried to be an electronic technician other ways. I still tried. I still tried everything in the world to do it, do what I thought I would wanted to do, what the desire of my heart was. And at 22 years old, the Lord says, okay, now you're saved. You know exactly what you're doing. It's time to go in the Navy. I did not know he did that. But he goes, you have to learn some other things that you can't learn any other way than this. And he used my desire to teach me some more things. You know, sometimes... Guys, you, ladies, you have a desire. Don't just crush that thing down. Let God use that desire in your life. Don't ever let that thing go against him or what he's doing. But if he has a desire, you have a desire, and it kind of flows along with what God's doing in your life, then go with it. There'll be a day out there that he'll say, but I tell you what, you'll never be against your husband. Never, ever will it be against your husband. And even if your husband's a, a, a scuzz bag, which some of us are, it still won't be against him. God knows how to take care of that. Abigail had a husband, and God killed him. Guys, you want to be killed? He'll kill you. You say, oh, no, oh yeah, you let a good godly woman get a hold of something, get a hold of God, and you keep messing with her, and he'll take you out. You say, oh, no, he, ladies, you know how you get rid of your husband? You do right. <laughs> Just keep doing it. And keep doing it and keep doing it. He might actually make them right. You might actually turn your husband around. Hannah didn't have that problem. She had, she had a devotion to God. She loved him. And she prayed. And, and one day she was praying and her direction became clear. I mean, if your desire is right, your duties are clear, your devotions will be right, then you'll know what direction you need to go. People say, well, I don't know what to do. You got some things out of whack. I can't tell you what to do. I knew that at 12, I had a desire to go in the Navy. I had that desire, but I didn't know how to make that thing happen. At 22, that thing happened. But you know what I realized between 12 and 22? Is that there was a couple other steps that I didn't have in place right. And I knew that I had to find some things first that I got a hold of. I got a hold of God. You know what, ladies? Hannah's devotion was exact. This thing is for all of us. It's not just one. Her direction became clear. She got, she got a hold of God. 1 Samuel 1.11 says, and she vowed a vow. I hope I didn't just jump one. Nope, her direction. She vowed a vow and said, Lord of hosts, and this is what she said, if, now you better watch what you do here. I'm on, this is a warning. This is, this is like the little cancer warning on cigarettes. This is, this is that thing, be careful what you do here, because God holds you Elkanah never dis, disannulled this vow. He may have never heard it, so he couldn't do it, but he didn't do it anyways. And the Lord of, and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid, he afflicted her, she knew she was being afflicted, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give thine handmaid a man-child. Specific, she knew exactly. This girl has been praying for some time. She knows exactly what she's doing. Now she's going to make a deal with God. Then, you know why God answered her? Because he knew she was serious. He knew beyond a shadow of a doubt this lady was serious. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. That's Samuel. She had no idea who it was. That's, Samuel. That's like Mary and Jesus. I mean, God's looking to use us at a level that you can't even imagine. Now, we're never going to, ladies, you're never going to have a Samuel. That's all in the past. We're not, we're way past that. When Jesus Christ came, died on the cross, we're way past that. You know what, boy, you can have some, a great preacher. You know what we need is another Dr. Ruckman. That's what we need. we need. We need some more men like that. We need some men that will stand up and stand for the word of God. and not, We need some Lester Roloffs. 
That's what we need. We need some men that will stand out there and do the right thing. Like, you know, I like, I like Lester Roloff. Brother Roloff, Dr. Roloff was, was not always, I was never on his side or he was not on our side or whatever you want to say until him and Dr. Rumman used to preach together. And, and one day he got a hold of something that Doc did. And then him and Doc became really good friends. And I, what I liked about Dr. Roloff was that he was willing to change when he knew that it was right. He wasn't so staunch in something that he thought. If he heard something, he knew enough about the Bible to go, whoa, wait a minute. Never thought about that. <laughs> whoa, that's good. That's good. i never seen that one before. And then he would take that to his other buddies out there that didn't believe it, and he'd start throwing it in their face. That, that guy's a man to me. That's a man. You know what that is? That's somebody who's willing to change, be, be firm on what you believe, but don't always hold it to the place where you're not willing to change when you're showed wrong. That guy over in the New Testament did that. Her, her dedication, she was dedicated. She vowed that vow, number one. She, she knew her direction. She said, okay, this is it. I got it, man. I know exactly what to do. She got, if your desire is right, her desire was right. Her duties were clear. She took care of it. Her devotions and her prayer life was in the way. And as soon as she got that down, her prayer life came into place. And God gave her the direction she needed. You know why we don't get the right directions? Because we got some other things out of place. This is just not to ladies, this is to all of us. Not only did Hannah pray for Samuel before he was born, Hannah's dedication. Moms, do you pray for your kids today? Well, they're not, do you pray for them? I'm serious, do you pray for them? Do you get a hold of God for your kids? There's nothing more precious than a praying mom. Nothing more precious. Dads just aren't, man, I'll tell you, we don't understand a lot of things. Uh, and it just could be me. I'm thinking I'm growing as I'm growing and getting older and older. I'm realizing that it's not everybody else. It's me, Lord. <laughs> I'm the one that's got the problem. I got it, man. It's me. My personality is like a brick. It's like a rock. I got it. I got it, man. I said, I don't like anybody. Nobody likes me. I got it, man. That's just me. I mean, I, people say, well, why don't you? I, it's just me. I'm just a loner. I've always been a loner. I've, I'll die a loner. Uh, Beth is with me because she, she just won't let me be a loner. But I'm telling you, it's, it's strange when you start looking at I'm like, Lord, I don't blame nobody else. I blame me. But I don't know how to do it. He said, have you ever thought that maybe I'm not asking you to do any of that? That maybe I just want your fellowship? Have you ever thought that maybe he likes just talking to you sometimes and fellowshipping with you? Hannah is sitting here, and he, she starts praying for Samuel. She asks, she says, I'll give him to you. I'll give him to you. And she says, and I will give him all the days of his life. I'll give my little baby up. If you give me one, I'll, just for the joy of having a baby, I'll give him to you. Now, I don't know. Well, I mean, after Beth had two or three, she, I mean, she never wanted to give him up. She's like, give me that baby now. Give me that baby now. Give me that baby. She took care of her baby till she got him weaned and turned him over to Eli. Uh, uh a problem in the church was Eli Hoffman and Phineas, and he, she gave her son to him. You know what the Lord did? He said, hey, I'm going to fix this thing up. I'm going to raise this young man in this church, in this synagogue, and his name's going to be Samuel, and he's going to straighten some things out. I'm going to use Samuel. People say, well, God can't do, oh, he could do a lot with us if we would just be as dedicated as this lady. Her determination. You're talking about somebody who's determined. If your desire is right, if your duties are clear, if your devotion is right, in the right place, if your direction is going as dedicated by your desire, then your determination, the, the, your determination, it, then your determination to your, well, I didn't mess that one all up. If your desire is right and your duties are clear and your devotion is in the right place, if you know the direction you are going, and you are dedicated to your, uh, and you are dedicated to your desire, which is the first thing that you ask for, which is in line. Then your determination is to your desire, which is a child. She was determined to have a child. Hannah found the key to success. I'm just about done. This is the last one. You know what Hannah found? The the, the key. You say, well, there's no guarantee on raising a kid whether your kid is going to turn out right or wrong. There's no guarantee. You can't, there is no mathematical formula at all. Unless you get God involved in this thing, there is no formula. And if you get God in, there's still no guarantee that that child is going to turn out right. That child still has to bend their will to God, and you can't make them. In the old days, they all beat your children, beat your children, beat your children. You can beat them till the day they, they'll leave. 
But if you don't, if it says spare the rod, spoil the child, if you don't discipline them, you're failing too. There has to be a place in there somewhere where you look at what, say, God, what do I do? And let the Lord show you. Hannah found the key to success in raising children that turned out out, uh, good during her trial of faith. You know what she did? She had to go through trouble. All the way through that thing, she had to get through this, all this trouble, not having kids, not having kids, not, and then God said, I'm going to give you one. And then she had to realize, I'm going to have to give him to, her, him to him. I got to give my baby to God. And that's the only way. Uh, I had somebody asked me the other day, or do we do baby dedications? If you want your baby dedicated, tell me. We'll dedicate your baby. I'm not going to dedicate your baby unless you ask me to dedicate your baby. What that is, is we're going to say, Hail Mary, full of great. No, we won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll dedicate your baby. You know what? All five of mine were dedicated. They're all uh, the Lord's kids. They're not mine. They were lent to me. That's all they were. Hannah, Hannah found the key during her trials. You know what? Paniah never found out that. All she had was some kids. You know, a lot of people do. We just have kids. We go through trials of life, and we just let the life just tear us up. Ladies, don't let the life tear you up. It's the most precious thing to raise a family. You say, well... I didn't know this, and I didn't know this, and some of them aren't. Yeah, but hey, in time, anything can turn around. You always got another day. And so don't ever worry about it. Don't worry about the past. Worry about the future and the present right now. Get everything in line. Not all children turn out. I mean, they just don't. I wish they would. I wish that, that man yesterday, when I was talking to him, he, he goes, I, he's, he was, he's ready to throw it in the towel. He said, I don't believe none of them. I said, man, I got a church, got a bunch of kids in it, young people that are good. And I said, they'll turn out. They'll turn out. If they walk with God, they'll turn out. If they don't, they won't. That's just it. Same way with me. I will will turn out or I won't. Hannah did what she was trained to do. You know what she was trained to do through this whole thing? Was to obey God. That's all she was trained to do. You know know why the Lord let her go through what she went through, not having a kid? So she would turn her affections toward him. And you know what she did? She just did. She sat there and said, well, you know what? I know how to get a hold of the Lord. I got a hold of him, and I know. I know if I, if I tell him I'll give him right back to him, then he'll give me. And you know, she knew exactly how to pray. She knew exactly what to take to the Lord to get him to give her what she wanted. Everything was right, dead, smack in the will of God. You couldn't get out of it. Her desire was right. Her duties were right. Her devotions were right. Her direction was right. Her dedications were right. And her determination was right. She was determined to do what she wanted, that the Lord wanted her to do. Ladies, don't ever, don't ever let this world, this world has nothing for you. This world is not your home. You know what God wants you to do? You say, well, I'm not married. Well, you may be someday. Again, you may not. And marriage isn't all that it's cracked up to be. But it's the greatest thing in the world if it's right. I've seen some marriages that are terrible. I've seen some marriages that are great. I'm in one that's great. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. The question is, is what are you going to do with yours? You say, well, one of these days when I get married, have you thought about putting God there first? And say, Lord, what will thou have me to do? You say, well, Mike, how did you get a wife? I sit on a ship out there trying to get one myself and couldn't do it. And finally one day I laid my head on the bed and said, I'm done. You know what I found out? Is it about the same time Beth was up here and she's, uh, and she said, I'm done. We both quit at the same time. The Lord said, no, 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 not yet. Not yet. He said, Michael, I'm going to give you desires of your heart. And I started going to that thing and I knew what God said he was going to do and I started trusting what he said. And two years later, I met Beth and a short time after, six months later, we got married and been married for 33 years and it's been the best time of my life. And I watched her have five kids and I've been there for every single one of them, and I watch the joy in her face. Ladies, I know what you're missing if you don't have kids. I was there with her when she couldn't have kids. She didn't. They said she probably wouldn't have them. I said, don't worry about it. The Lord will give you a I'm like, I was like Elkanah. Man, he'll give you that or not. But Beth, am I not better than the kids? And one day she, come, she calls her mom crying and finds out she's pregnant. And I'm sitting there, and then she just didn't stop. I don't know how that thing happened, but she just kept having kids. And she had five of them. And you say, well, what are you going to do with that? You're going to raise them. Because it's, it's not about what this world has to offer. It has to do with what God has for us. You know, the greatest thing in this world, I think, is a mother, man. I, I like to see pregnant women. Why? Because I know they're going to have a baby. Because I know they're fulfilling their, their duty. They're fulfilling their natural uh, 
job in life. That's their natural job. And then when you find a lady who loves to have the kids, that's even better. Now, I think there's some that go a little bit overboard on that, you know, like 12, 14 kids. That's a little excessive maybe. But uh, it's, a, it's a great thing when you sit there and see what God has created. And, like, I don't know how that thing works, but it does. And you say, Lord, thank you for mothers. If it wasn't for my mom, I told you all, my mom and me, we, I, I love her. Uh, we just can't hardly uh, deal with each other. Or she can't, I can't deal with her, her, her. The way her life is and the way she's chose to live her life, I don't think she's as bad off as, as you know, they, they try to lead to think. They want to keep her there, but she just decides to live a life more like Jezebel. Or That's my mom. I love my mom. Or, or uh, Delilah, she's just in this fantasy world. I don't like living in a fantasy world. I like real, realistic, real, real life, this is life. And you know what life is to me? It's Jesus Christ. If you're in here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you're missing it. All the stuff I said today was about a lady who went through life and just lived life. And she has been gone for 3,000 years. And Samuel has been in a book being talked about for 3,000 years. And if you keep going through here, if the Lord tarries for another 1,000 years, he'll still be talking about this thing 1,000 years from now. And Hannah will be talking about 1,000 years from now. And the Lord is saying, ladies, you need to be like Hannah. You may not get what you think you want. You may not get anything that in this world. It may just be bad the whole time. But he is better than anything this world has to offer. If you're lost and you don't know him, I'm telling you, he's better than anything this world has to offer. I found that out in 1980. You can find that out today. If you're lost and you want to get saved, come and see us. Just grab somebody and say, hey, show me how to get saved. You know what salvation is? It's a simple thing. Heaven and hell is real. I'm a sinner. Jesus is the Savior. He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It's an offer. That's all that is. It isn't, it makes you feel good. It doesn't do any of that stuff. It is just an offer. Do you want to go to hell? No. Trust me. And when you do that, you know what you, you do? You get salvation. That's it. That's salvation in a nutshell. It's believing that you're the sinner and he's the savior. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Lord, thank you for our mothers. Thank you for those that were mothers. Lord, thank you for those who, if, if a lady in here today could not have kids, uh, thank you for that, Lord. Uh, all through the Bible, Lord, there's been ladies that uh, could not have children. And, Lord, they're just as sweet and just as uh, uh, useful to you as anybody else. But, Lord, in your infinite wisdom, uh, you know why each and every one of us are where we're at today. Lord, I do thank you for that. And, uh, Lord, help us to always be thankful. Lord, I talked to my brother this morning, and he's in a place where he can't do hardly anything else. But, Lord, uh, one thing, he is thankful. And, Lord, I'm thankful the more I talk to him and talk to others, Lord, uh, I'm just thankful that I'm still alive and still have a moment to tell somebody about you. Think about that trucker out there, Lord. Just thank, thank you that he still listened, Lord, and, and we had a chance to talk to him. And Brother Spurgeon was in, in jail, Lord, and he got to lead 11 people, Lord, or 11 people got saved while he was there preaching. Uh, Lord, uh, I, I want to thank you for that. People are still getting saved today, Lord, and, and Lord, there's still room. There's room for one more person at the cross, Lord, always room for one more. Uh, Lord, if there's anybody in here today that doesn't know you, I just pray that they'd come to know you today as their personal Savior. And for the rest of us, Lord, uh, help us always just be thankful as Hannah was. And Lord, uh, and just keep our lives the way they should be and let you direct them. Again, thank you for your blessings. Uh, bless the invitation. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.